Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, remove me, place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. Let he that has an ear, let him hear. Let faith grow in this season. Faith grow in this season. Father, we thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And all together, the heart of the base said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a great big hand of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, I, I think sometimes that God didn't give me Luther Vandross's voice because I'd be singing all the time. I would be. I'd be singing all the time. I just, I like worshiping God. I really do. I think it's awesome. And uh, I know sometimes even a, a few of you, I think somebody the other day you caught me worshiping me, uh, caught me worshiping in my car. I was just going off. I, I just do that every once in a while when I'm by myself. I just, so if you see me driving in Hayward, go, oh my gosh, that's that crazy pastor. He's not mine. That's okay. You have to accept me. Amen. I just like worshiping God. I think it's awesome. Exodus chapter 12. Remain standing with me for just a few more moments. We're talking about a new season. We are in week three of this new season. We started off on actually the first uh, day of the NFL season. That's when we kicked this off, this whole new season. And since then, the uh, 49ers and the Raiders have been playing. They haven't been playing that great, but they've been playing. And uh, that's, that's the great thing I love about football is that when it's over, it's over. But Christianity... It's still going, and still going, and I'm always a winner. So if you're a 49er fan, and you're so dedicated that you have your hopes and faith in that, I feel sorry for you. If you're a Raider fan, I really do feel bad. Just feel sad. I really do. For both Niners and Raiders, because let's be honest, because after January, what do you do? Oh, well. Go another team. Like, you have to pick something else. But when it comes to Christianity, I pick God. I always win. I always win. I never lose. I feel down sometimes, but then again, I go, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. All right, I win. So no matter what, I always win. So I want to challenge you. So for those of you that say, I don't really have God on my side or God is not in me. By the end of this message, I pray that you would allow God to be in you because you will always win. In that season. Exodus chapter 12. We'll begin reading again in verse 31 as we've been reading for the past couple of weeks. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and go. But I like this, you know. As the kids would say, BTW, uh, by the way, Bless me. Before you leave, bless me. Father, have your way once again in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, shake about three people's hands. Tell them it's a new season.
the new season. If you have not been here the past couple weeks, I just want to recap with you just very quickly on what we've been talking about in this new season. Now, what I've been finding, I've even had quite a few of you come up to me saying that God has brought you into a new season and you just didn't know it was going to be like this. You know, whenever we talk about the new season, it always sounds good. We're like, oh, we're going to do it. And then when you're in it, you're like, whoa, hold on one second. I didn't know it was actually going to be like this. Then I've had quite a few of you come up to me and say, man, this new season, we're already seeing a new harvest. I said, wow, that's powerful. God is doing something new. But you need to know this, is that every season has a purpose of growth in it. Can I hear an amen? amen. Every season is to grow you. Now, which way and what fruit? Well, I don't know. That depends upon the season. But every season brings growth. Now, you also have to understand this about growth, is that growth will always uncomfort you before it blesses you. Growth is always going to uncomfort you before it blesses you. It's not easy, but blessings are on its way. Can I hear an amen? amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? In other words, like my father used to say, you want to put yourself in blessings way. But if you're going to do that, you kind of have to have a ripping effect on the past. There's going to be a ripping effect on the old. There's going to be that little thing that just kind of stretches you out of the old, but it's okay. In this new season, you're going to see a new harvest. And in Exodus chapter 12, we talked about this the past couple weeks about how the Israelites here in this scripture, how they were in captivity for over 430 years. So it kind of goes without saying they needed a new season. They were in captivity for 430 years. And we've been talking about the Israelites here. And also as they left Egypt, the Bible says that over 600,000 men, not including women and children. So we talked about that it could possibly be a million to 1.2, even some theologians believe over, excuse me, 2 million people that have, could, could have exited the Egypt. 2 million people. Can you imagine that? That left, that got up and left. So as 2 million people left of God's chosen people, the Israelites, the Bible also says that there were other people, other men, the rabble went with them. In other words, these weren't the people that were called to go out, but they went around because they liked the hype. So when it comes to the hype, be careful of the people that love the hype. Be careful of those people because they're going to go. They're going to follow you into that new season. But just know that they're in your season for a reason. Don't, don't, don't try to kick them out just yet. Don't worry about it. They'll kick themselves out. They will. But just know that they're there. They're there for a reason. Uh, I can't tell you a countless amount of times we used to do our drama shotgun here. And when we would do the drama shotgun, we used to pack the place out. We would go anywhere. We would go to Weeks Park, packed out. Centennial Hall, packed out. Uh, we went over here to the Holiday Bowl, packed out. Uh, we'd go in parking lots. We would just make places to do the drama. Packed out. Pa I mean, just packed out. Because whenever we do shotgun, oh, I want to go, I want to go. And then the, we'd be packed out. And then at that time, we would go, okay, tomorrow come to church. 20 people would come. Why? Because people love the hype. They do. Oh, you guys going to do shotgun? I'm there. Yeah, I should come to church. Oh, man, my leg, it kind of hurts right now. Oh, my head, I already feel a headache coming on by tomorrow. 
But know this, it's okay. They love the hype. That's fine. Eventually, they will have to catch this. But don't let them stop you in your season. Don't let them stop you in your season. Tell the person next to you, tell them, don't let them stop you. And then also in this new season, we talked about how you got to tell your children. The Bible says when it came to the Passover, tell your son. In other words, make sure that they know that everything that is about to happen, that they know that they, you, their parents got blessed because of God. You didn't do it on your own. You're a turtle on a fence. You didn't get there by yourself. Tell them that God put you there. Tell them that God blessed you. Tell them that it was God that has given you all this prosperity and the new season. Tell them it was God. Let there not be a generation that grew up that knew not God. Don't let them. Let them know that there is a God in the city of Hayward. Let them know that there is a God in the city of Oakland, San Leandro, Union City, Dakota. That there is a God in this city. Can I hear an amen? Tell your children. And then also we talked about how the old season is going to pursue your new season. It's going to come after you. But that's the great thing I love about this story is that even in this new season, they cross, the Bible says they crossed through the Red Sea, but the Red Sea, it swallowed up all the old. So even though your past may pursue, don't worry about it. The waters will overtake them. You just got to keep going forward. Keep moving forward. Don't look back. Don't look back at that. Don't go. Because it's very easy, just like the children of Israel, the Bible says they were grumbling and they were complaining. and Oh, we had it better back then. Oh, we, really? You want to be swallowed up in that water too? I don't know about you, but I want to keep moving forward. Now, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I don't know. But I, all I know is one thing. I got to keep moving forward. I got to keep going forward. And listen, in this new season, we're going to talk about it right now. There's some great things that are happening in the new season. There's some powerful things that are happening in the new season. And I hope you are prepared for it. Are you ready for it? See, we talked about in this new season that you got to change what you eat. We talked about that last week, right? Change your diet. Change it. The Bible says that they were given manna every day. That was kind of a foreshadowing of what Jesus talked about later on when he said, give us this day our daily bread. Every day he provided for them exactly what they needed. Not what they wanted, but what they needed. Daily bread. And this was the, for the children of Israel, it was a promise that was given with the law. On each and every day, each and every day they were to gather the food that was needed for them. They were learning how to live by faith. Trusting in God for everything in his provision. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they will be filled. And remember we talked about it last week. About how righteousness is not about what you don't do. But it's about what you pursue. What you go after. What you are looking. What your heart yearns for. We broke down that word. Uh, righteous, about how the word righteous means, it's a, uh, actually it's a picture, and we were, I was talking with Brother Ishmael, we were talking about it, because he was saying, oh yeah, because when you, if you study the scriptures, actually the Hebrew, they don't have words, they have pictures. That's how they do it. Maybe one of these days, I'm just going to do that, I'm going to show you the, the, the alphabet, 
It's actual pictures. They don't letters. So when the Hebrew people, they wouldn't read it uh, according to how we read it. Plus, we read from left to right. They leave, read from right to left. Uh, but they would read pictures. So this, the picture for word righteousness is a hook with bait on it, an open window, an open window. Now, when we say window, because remember for us, we actually have a window of, you know, there's a glass there. But in their time, it's a window. It's just open. There, there's, no, there's nothing there. So you could see through. That's how they would live in their, uh, in their housing. And then it's also the third picture is the back of a head. So what it is is what the hook, whatever your heart hooks or the bait, whatever you go for, you are going to see and hopefully you will have the back of the head symbolizes the bowing or humility. Because whenever you see a king, you will always bow the back of the head. Whatever your heart goes after will be open for through humility, righteousness. So what we want to be able to pursue is we want our heart to pursue a humbleness, a humble attitude. Not always having it together. Oh, I'm right. Remember we talked about it. It's not always about being right. That's not righteousness. Always being right. You ever, you ever met those people that they always got to be right? They always got something. They always like, hey, yeah, well, the other day, well, oh, yeah, well, did you know this? Uh, no, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, well, you know, did you know that? Oh, yeah, well, did you know this? Man, I, I, I was just barely sharing my story. Well, yeah, I saw on the news. Well, no, this news channel, like, bro, chill out. I'm just sharing a story. I just want to share a story. But you always have those people in that group, right, that they always, they did that to Jesus a lot of times, too. Well, Jesus, did you know this? Like, chill out, man. Just calm down. It's not about always trying to be right. But what does your heart pursue? What does your heart go after? What is your heart longing for? Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after God. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after the character of God. Not after always wanting to be right, but going after righteousness. Can I hear an amen? amen. And then we talked about even in 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, this is how... We know what love is. And then in verse 18, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. In other words, just don't say it, but show it. Show it in truth. Show it. Generosity. The word sadak and sadaka, they come together. The word righteous, sadak and sadaka, and generosity, they come together. You can't separate the two. And we read about it. Uh, we talk about in the book of Psalms. Uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Daily, they give generously. They give freely. They give freely. If you're going to be a righteous person, then you're a generous person. Now remember, I didn't talk about generously giving to the church. I talked about just being a generous person. When you see someone in need, do you help? When you see someone that needs the love of God, do you share? Or is it, oh, no, I made it to church. I'm a Christian. I'm good. I'm doing good. No, but as Christians, we should show the love of Christ. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now also, you got to change what you see. First, we talked about you got to change what you eat. Now, you got to change what you see. Somebody say, change what you see. Change what you say, change what you see. Change. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. 
Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Verse 17, jump down to verse 17. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up there, or go up through the Negev, and on, the, on into the hill country. See what the land is like, and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or is it poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. Now look in verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and had the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruits of the land. They gave Moses this account. Look at this. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Stop right there. I have heard this phrase for years, milk and honey. Milk and honey. Milk and honey. I've always wondered, what exactly do they mean when they say milk and honey? Is there a lot of bees there? There are cows everywhere? What's going on? Milk and honey. So as I began to look at this, actually, I looked into this, into the, the Hebrew, and the words inter interpret this. Zavat, I want to say this correctly, Zavat Shalav. Uduvash, which means this, milk flows from goats and honey flows from the dates and figs. I'm going to say that one more time. Milk flows from the goats and honey flows from the dates and the figs. In other words, this must have been a very inviting description of the land to the Hebrew people because of this. See, the goats were a, a source of milk as well as meats, and they were very prolific. See, in the biblical times, goats were a reflection of wealth. It is very characteristic that the abundance of produce doesn't just describe a land that develops the abundance in accordance with its natural fertility, but a land that only does this under special conditions. Because, look at this, the land of Canaan, now what we call Palestine, is a hard land which can only blossom and flourish under the continuous special care of God for it from one end of the year to another. In other words, this, when it gets water, it blossoms luxuriously, but it only gets water from above. It is a land that makes it necessary for its inhabitants to be good. When you inhabit the promised land and the promises you obtain, according to the land that flows, it actually flows from those that inhabit the land. Oh, that's good stuff right there. 
The promises of God, they will flow, and they're going to flow. They're going to happen. But the people that inhabit it, you need to know this. The water and everything that comes, it comes from above. In other words, it doesn't come from you. But those that inhabit the land determine the weather and the season of what you're about to get into. See, this new season of what's about to happen, a lot of times we think, okay, I'm just going to step right into it. It's going to be all great. It's almost like, you know, you ever seen those movies where they step from, you know, black and white into color? You ever seen those movies? They're just, or they're walking down, or, you know, a lot of them, they're trying to, you know, make fun or something, and they go, oh, man, you know, this is the old time, but we're going to step into the new, and like, oh, it's in color. Everything is great now. Everything is awesome. No, actually, it's going to flow, and it comes from above, but how are you going to live in it when you are there in the promised land? How's it going to happen? How are, see, you're going to determine a part of the promised land. In other words, you can't just walk into it and say everything is going to be great. Everything is going to be awesome. See, because when they saw this, they said, man, everything is good. Everything is great. And it was. The goats that were there, the goats symbolized wealth. See, to the Hebrew people, the goats was something that showed a lot of wealth, a lot of richness. See, you ever, you ever uh, seen these times or the, the old movies? They talk about I will take two of your goats for two of my daughters. I don't know what accent that was, but it, it's made it up. I have 30 daughters, so I'll take two of your goats. You know, they just, because goats symbolized wealth. It symbolized richness. Also, the soil that was there symbolized that great things were going to grow in this land. See, what's about, what you are about to step into, the soil is ripe and it's ready. It's ready for you. There's going to be some great things that are about to flow from this new season. See, what it's showing is your future, it looks good. Your future, it looks great. Your ladder will be greater. Uh, see, that... It's very hard many times for us to see it because a lot of times we look to the past and 2020 vision, when you look in the past, oh, it looks great. You can see everything. And we look at our mistakes. Oh, man, I was all messed up. Oh, I did this. But when we look into the future, it's kind of like a dark alley. Ooh, I don't know. I, uh, I, see, and that's why Moses, what he did is he, he sent these spies. Okay, I want you to see what I cannot. I want you to go where I cannot. I want you to show us. I want, I'm going to send out 12 people to tell 2 million what the future looks like. That's, that's a heavy statement right there. I'm going to send 12 to show a million to 2 million people how great it looks in the future. So I, I'm here to tell you, look, I'm, I know I'm only one person, but I'm here as one person telling you here telling hundreds here this morning in the heart of the bay and those that are listening all over the world, I'm telling you, your future, it looks great. It looks awesome. I know, I know you don't see it right now. I, I know you're like, well, if you only knew my past, if you only knew your future. If you only knew your future. See, a lot of times here from, from the pulpit, we don't, I don't talk a whole lot about prosperity and all that stuff because it kind of has a bad connotation. But I want you to know this. All over the Bible, the Bible talks about prosperity. It talks about prosperity. 
a lot. And this is a perfect example where the people of Israel, they got up and they got out. God wanted to take them to a land that was prosperous. Listen, you need to know this, that God, he wants to take you up out of your situation, get you to a place where the soil is great, and there will be continual prosperity for your life. He doesn't want you always struggling, always trying to make ends manna. I'll wait for you to catch that one right there. Eventually, listen to me, there was a land flowing with milk. And honey. And it's flowing. And it looks good. There's wealth there. There's rich. All that stuff is there. But also, it's because of the soil. In other words, once you get there, you got to start tilling the ground. You can't just walk into it and say, okay, give me. No, you got to start tilling the ground. Now look at this. In Numbers chapter 13, look with me in verse 28. It says, but the people who live there, this is the report now. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites, and Termites, and all these other ites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites and a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes. And we looked the same to them. Change what you see. What were they looking at? They saw these huge giants. They called them the Nephilim. Now these Nephilim, as we study the scriptures, these were large men. Can't exactly tell how big they were, but they were pretty large. Descendants of Anak. In there you got Goliath. That's where we get our description from. That's how a lot of theologians tie it together. Because the Bible says when we translate it into our measurements, nine feet tall. So easily, these men could have been nine feet, ten feet, even eleven feet. Some theologians even believe that they could have been 16 to 17 feet tall. And huge. Not skinny. Huge. Very big. Because of the way that they ate. Because the Bible says it flowed with land, flowing with milk and honey. So they ate according to the land. So they themselves were also big. They were also huge themselves. The word Nephilim translates to the word fallen angels. Fallen angels. These were the giants that they seen. Now what they did is they described them and they said, we are like grasshoppers to them. Have you ever heard a story from somebody that they just over-exaggerated everything? You know somebody, they just over-exaggerate everything. Yeah, dude, I got into a fight, man. There was like 20 of them, man, but I, I got them, man. I got, I got them. I got, really? 20? Well, it was kind of like 20. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It felt like it. Like, dude, you got beat up by two girls. Well, yeah, but they fought like 20 dudes, man. Oh, like, really? Really? 
man, it took me forever. I was, man, it was forever. Really? Forever? Like forever? Really? Forever? Well, you know what I mean. See, see how like we do that? We do that a lot, right? Exaggeration. Oh, it's, man, it took you forever. Really? Forever? Really forever? Because if it was forever, we'd still be here. Like forever? Well, you know what I mean. Man, we were like grasshoppers. Really? Grasshoppers? For real? Grasshoppers? Well, you know what I mean. That's the way they saw it. That's the way it came to their perception. We can't do them. Are you, are you kidding me? We're like grasshoppers to these guys. Really? Grasshoppers? Really? We're that small? Well, we're really small. You know what I mean. That's what was taking place here. See, it's funny how when we are going through our trials, we can always exaggerate our problems, but we never exaggerate our God. Doesn't that happen a lot? Happens a lot of times. Oh, man, dude, if you only knew that all this stuff is happening. Really? All this stuff? Like, well, all, you know what I mean. It's only one thing, but it feels like all these things. Right? You ever been going through, like, one thing, but you like, everything is going to, really, Everything? Man, I have no friends. Really, no friends? You have none whatsoever? You don't have anybody who wants to help you? Nobody wants to help me. Really, nobody wants to help you? No, well, you know what I mean. Right? Don't we do that a lot? I'll admit, if I'm honest, I know I do that sometimes. And nobody, really, nobody? Because it's so easy to exaggerate our trials. It's so easy to exaggerate our tribulations. It's so easy to see what we want to see. It's so easy to do that. But see, God did not want them to see the fear. He wanted to see in this new season, he wanted them to see the faith. See, one thing that I've learned in ministry and in being saved for the years that I have been saved is that my father used to always say this, and listen, you got to catch this. If you're new to our church, you need to catch this. Always keep your faith level above your fear level. If you've never taken notes, you need to write that down. You need to write that down. Always keep your faith. In other words, I know you're going to be scared. Fear is going to happen. Just because you have faith, it's not the absence of fear. No, it's just saying that my faith is more dominant than the fear. And it's very important. In Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that faith is certain of what we do not see. In other words, it is an, an absolute belief that God is constantly working behind the scenes in every area of our lives. Even when there's no tangible evidence to support that fact. See, on the other hand, fear tries to grip it. See, this is something that you and I need to understand that faith is always at work in our lives. But it's a matter of are we letting faith run our lives or fear run our lives? What are we letting run our lives? What are we letting do it? I can't tell you how many times I remember running the, the UTC uh, being a part of the, uh, the men's home and, and having the men's home. I can't tell you how many times, even in the church house, many people coming say, oh, pastor, man, I, I really want to do it. I really want but I still got this problem. Oh, pastor, I, I know I said, but I still got this situation. And I'm saying, look, I understand that situation. I'm not denying the situation. The situation is there. But I'm telling you, if you keep moving forward, the situation will not overtake your future. 
I'm telling you. Because it's very easy to exaggerate what we see with our eyes and not what God is trying to show us in our hearts. The faith is something that you and I must keep above our fear. See, the other, on the other hand, fear, simply stated, is the unbelief or even weak belief. As unbelief gains the upper hand in our thoughts, fear takes hold of our emotions. Our deliverance from fear and worry is based on faith, which is the very opposite of unbelief. See, we need to understand that faith is not something that we can produce in ourselves. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, look at this in verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that any man can boast. See, faith is a gift. In this new season, the soil that is being produced is this faith, and it is a gift from the land. This is what's being produced. It's from God. All you got to do sometimes is just water it. Just water it. Well, how am I, how am I going to happen? How am I going to make this? I don't know what I'm going to do. All these bills, I got this stuff. What do I do to it? Just, man, you're like worrying so much. All you need to do is just take the hose and water the thing. It's a gift. It's free. But sometimes, just like regular human beings that we are, we take gifts for granted, don't we? We take gifts for granted. Can you imagine, like, if somebody right now give me, Pastor Toby, come on up here. I want you to give me your gift of a jacket. Give me your jacket. It's not a gift, huh? But it's okay. For analogy's sake. Let's just say, Pastor Toby, he comes to me and goes, you know what, Pastor, I want you to have this jacket. I go, oh, man, Pastor Toby, this is just so great. I love this jacket. It doesn't match what I'm wearing, but who cares? It's a gift. And I thank you for it. Oh, man, this is great. This is awesome. Wow, look at that. It doesn't even fit me, but it's still cool. Yes. I feel like a grasshopper in this thing. No, I'm just kidding. Right, so right away I take it from Pastor Toby. Thanks, Pastor Toby. Go ahead and sit down. I take your gift. All right, this is an awesome gift. I great, man, this is a great gift. This is awesome. Man, awesome, great. Okay, cool. And I take this gift. I uh, put it right there. Okay, all right, great, awesome, yes. Thanks, Pastor Toby, thanks for your gift. That was great, that was awesome, that was a powerful gift. Okay, next time Pastor Toby, Pastor Toby sees me, what's he going to be looking for? His gift. Oh, uh, Pastor Toby, you know what? I was going to wear your gift. I was, but uh, see, what had happened was um, family, right, family. Oh, they took your gift and they just ripped it. They didn't take it, so it's, it's my family's fault. Thank you for your gift, though. It was a great gift, but it's my family's fault. Okay, no, 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 Pastor. What, what really happened was, see, I was taking it to the cleaners, and it was going to get clean because, you know, I want to have a clean gift, right? I want to make sure that when you see me wearing it, it's a clean gift. But what happened was, uh, like, I was driving, and then the window rolled down, and it, whoo, it flew out the window. And I, you know, just, you know, the, whoo, you know, so, I, so I don't know what happened. I went back looking for it, but the gift was gone. See, because it's a gift, God is looking for you, and what he has given you, he is looking for that in you. He gave it to you. It's a gift. 
But many times, you and I, we take that gift and go, yeah, God, I was, you know, I was going to, when you first did it the first time, oh, it looked so good. Oh, if the gift that you gave, it was awesome. But, you know, like, kind of now, like, I don't know, it's kind of like, well, it's old school now. Faith is so old school. Like, that was way back when I first needed to get saved. That's when I needed to really believe in you. Now, I don't really need to believe, you know, I can, you know, I can make it happen on my own now. I know how to produce it on my own. Artificial faith. Matter of fact, the, I believe in the, the book of uh, 1 Timothy, it's called shipwreck faith. I can do it on my own. See, and it's very important in this new season that we understand that this new season is trying to produce something called faith. And it's a gift. But don't be somebody who takes the gift and puts it on the shelf and says, thanks, God, I needed that one time, but no more. You know what faith is also? The Bible says in the book of Galatians that faith, in uh, Galatians chapter 5, that faith is also a fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, which is produced in our lives by the Holy Spirit. See, our faith is a confident assurance in a God who loves us, who knows our thoughts and our cares and even our deepest needs. That faith continues to grow as we study the Bible and learn of God's amazing grace. The more we learn about God, the more we can see him working in our lives and the stronger our faith grows. See, when he gave you the gift, just don't let it sit there dormant. Let it produce. Let it grow from faith to See, the faith that you had got you through exactly what you need just to get saved. And that's good, and that's great. But now let it grow. Let it grow more. Let it happen. That's why we say a lot of times we, we see the, 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 the men's home come up here, man, I thank God. And man, when I got saved, man, God did something in my life. I just got off a of drug. I just got off heroin. And we're like, yes, all right, it's powerful. And then you see them years later say, man, you know what? Now my family, God's taking me over to the Philippines. I'm going over here. I said, right? Because you see before your very eyes, faith to faith. Faith to faith. See, I know some of you right now, you're in a situation, and you're like, man, I've barely got enough faith for right now. That's okay. But go from faith to faith. Know that in this new season, you're going to see new faith like you've never seen before. You're going to see new growth like you've never seen before. See, some of you, I know you were barely believing. You're barely believing even right now, man. I'm just barely making rent right now. I get it. I understand. But that's okay. In a couple years, this is my faith. This is what I'm believing. Some of you. You're not just going to be owning houses. You're going to be buying houses for people. You're going to be buying houses for people. See, I, I, see that, that, that's still like, i got to force myself to believe that clap. You know? Right? I get it. I understand it. I fully understand it because right now you're like, yeah, it sounds good. I believe. That, 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 yeah, I, I, well, I guess, you know. Everyone else is clapping, so I will. Right? I get it. I understand that. But listen, you got to believe me. I'm telling you, the land, it's flowing with milk and honey. Your, your family, they're going to get saved in, in, this, in this new season. I know you don't see it, but I'm telling you, 
You, you, the car that keeps breaking down on you, you you're not just going to have a car big enough for you and your family. You're going to have a car big enough for you and to pick up other families. I'm telling you, there's, there's going to be a, a, something so tremendous. I know some of you right now, you're looking for a job. In this new season, you are going to be the job. You're going to be the owner. You're going to be the business. You're going to be hiring people in this new season. I know you don't see it, but I'm telling you, it's flowing. It's flowing. See, there was one spy that said, out of all of them, or actually two spies, but it quotes one of them, Caleb. He's the one that quoted it. And he said, look, let us go take the land. We can do it. I believe it's in verse 30 of Numbers chapter 12. He says, we can do it. But look, at this is what he said. This is the very key. He said, let us go take it now. Oh, yeah, it's good. I, I, man, I, well, I, I want to get saved, but maybe right now is not the time to get saved. You ever had those people like that? Like, I'm going to go to church, but just not right now. I'll get saved, just not right now. I'm going to fully co commit my life because when I commit, I commit. Just, I just want to commit right now. Just not right now. But Caleb, he said, look, I'm telling you guys, this is, Oh, if you can only see what I see, if you can just perceive what God is showing, I'm telling you, it is powerful, it is awesome, it is flowing with milk and honey, it's great, your family's going to get saved in there, you're going to see blessings, you're going to see prosperity, but you got to go and do it now, don't wait, so, oh, I'm going to do it, no, forget that, let us go and take it up right now, your season is here right now. It's available for you right now. The soil is great right now. Trust me, I'm telling you. Oh, I'm going to be an evangelist. Eventually I'll go up there. No, 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 no. Be an evangelist now. Well, eventually I'm going to go preach behind the pulpit. It's okay. Go take a pulpit. Go in the street corner and preach right now. I can't tell you how many times I get a lot of people, man, one day I'm going to be up there. One day. You know that one day can be today? One, you can do it today. Oh, man, Pastor Starr, he he's good. He's great. He can do all that. You know that you're good and you're great? You're good and you're great. Don't look at me and say, oh, man, Pastor Starr, his faith, his faith. Do you know that in the scriptures, there's so many times that were, it, was, it was flipped around. See, we look at men and we go, man, they got great faith. When Jesus looked, he looked and he marveled at their lack of faith. He was always amazed that they lacked faith. Matter of fact, there was even some towns and villages that he was walking through, and he said, I ain't going to that town. They ain't got no faith. Read it for yourself. That's what he did. He goes, they ain't got no faith. Why am I going to go there if they ain't got no faith? Why am I going to heal them if they don't even believe it? Why am I going to give them this new house if they don't even think I'm going to give it to them? This new car, I got all this stuff. I got all this stuff, great stuff for them. But they don't really believe it. I'll just go over here. See, it, he was always... Marveled at their lack of faith. Here, the Israelites, he was trying to grow faith in them. He knew, can, can you imagine? God took them all this way. He took them all out of there. He knew that there was giants in the land. He knew that. Matter of fact, if he wanted to, he could have very easily set up a, a, a situation where all the giants, for some reason, had to leave. Yeah. Right? The people, and that's the story we'd be talking about. 
about. We'd be talking about the story of as the Israelites were on their way to the land of Canaan, for some reason the giants in the land left. And then the story I'd be telling is as the giants left, the people of Israel came in and they just walked into the promise. Right? That'd be the story I'd be telling. But it wasn't. The Bible says the Israelites were coming and then they sent spies and they seen giants and they got scared. That's the story. But nevertheless, God was still telling them, I know there's giants there. I know that they're there. They're there for a reason. See, some of you, you're in a situation right now and you're looking at your situation. Go, Man, that thing's huge. I can never know. The situation's there for a reason. That giant situation, that humongous thing that you think I can never get over, I can never have, that'll never happen in my lifetime. I'll never be able to do that. Some of you right now, you've been hurt within your marriages thinking, I'll never get married again. Some of you right now, the doctor's been telling you, you'll never have kids. I'll never have kids. I want you to know something. I know it looks huge. I know it looks big. But I'm telling you, I know a guy that's bigger than your situation. I'm just telling you. I'm just saying. I know your past has hurt you before. I know the things that you've been through before makes it look like, well, I can never inherit a promised land. No, you can. You can. But God wants you to see you to see through the eyes of faith, not the eyes of fear. In other words, the giants, they're still there. We can't deny it. Don't deny, oh, I just want to avoid it. No, 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 no. Don't avoid it. It's there. It's okay. I, I like my, my life group that we have because we're actually talking about debt. Those, that's probably like one of the biggest giants that nobody likes to talk about, right? Yeah. I ain't talking about debt. Don't talk about my money. I ain't talking about my money. Okay, keep avoiding it. It's still there. Still a giant. Still wanders the land. But it isn't until you have the faith to say, you know what? I'm going to kill that thing. Right. I'm going to kill it. Amen. It's going to happen. The land is flowing with milk and honey. But you got to see it through the eyes of faith. Yes. Caleb and Joshua said, let us go take it now. Yes. This city, as he comes to the piano, this city is ripe. For the taking. It's ripe for the taking. I'm telling you, the city of Hayward, the city of San Leandro, Castro Valley, San Lorenzo, Dakota, Union City. I am telling you, it is ripe for the taking. Well, what's there? Everybody just talks about madness there. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, it's flowing with milk and honey. There's great things there. Powerful things there. The great thing I also love about the Bay Area here is that here in the Bay Area, we have the ghettos of ghettos, and we also have the riches of riches. We do. Right? We have actually, I believe it's the second uh, richest community in America. That's Palo Alto, second to uh, downtown community in Manhattan. And... It's a rich community. Now, I know when we talk about we talk about EPA, right? East Palo Alto. You know that they're changing East Palo Alto now? Starting to change it now. You ever been over there? I mean, I just went there the other day. I know it's still the hood. Don't get me wrong. They still got hood there. We know that. But that's starting to change now. There was, uh, what's his name, Mark Zuckerberg? He's building a whole Facebook community. Literally, a community where the people that work for him will live there too. It's huge. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, all this stuff. 
George Lucas, the man of Star Wars, wants to build a Lucaswood up here. He wants to take Hollywood and bring it up here. See, when I start saying that, you go, ooh, milk and honey, milk and honey. See, but I know for some of us, right away we look at that and we go, oh, man, it's getting expensive. It's hard. I'm not going to be able to make it. What am I going to do? How's it going to happen? Right? It's real easy to do that. Let's be honest. Very easy to do that. Ah, I don't know. Oh, God. What's going on? How am I going to do this? Ah, let me just kick it with these other ten. It'll be a whole lot easier. Listen, I get it. I understand. I live here too. I, I know. It's not easy. But in this new season, God doesn't want to give you houses and give you cars and give you new jobs and give you finances. That's not what he wants to produce in you. He wants to produce faith. I don't know what your future holds. I don't. I couldn't tell you exactly. Sometimes I know a lot of people, they come to the pastor and they say, Pastor, can you tell me? I can't tell you exactly. I don't. I wish I did. I do my best by character reference and, and looking and seeing signs. Signs help me dictate where the path is leading. And I, that's what I really do as a pastor. I dictate and I do my best to see signs. That's it. Sometimes I'm right on going, oh, yeah, see, because that sign told me, hey, and we got here right to the destination that I thought. But sometimes I see the sign and I go, well, I don't know. I'm doing my best myself too. But one thing I can tell you is that in this season, where you live, how you live, I, I don't know. But inside, what God wants to produce, these fruit. And these three still remain, the Bible says. Faith, hope, and the greatest of these is, so if there's anything for sure that I know God wants to produce while you're in this new season. Some of you have had hatred so much in your life for so long. You just see people. And sometimes you never even met them. Never even met them, but you just look at their clothing. You look at their demeanor, and right away you hate them. People say, hey, do you know that person? I don't know them, but man, I hate them. Like you never even met them. Or maybe some of you, you do know that person. You do know somebody. And you know that they've done you wrong. But one thing I can... I can, not almost, I can guarantee you, God doesn't want to produce in you an eye for an eye. For sure. He doesn't want to produce an eye for an eye. Oh, but I get them. And if I don't get them, God, you get them. Like, that's not the kind of land that God wants to produce. It's not the get you back land. It's not the get you back season. I'm going to step into this new season and you're going to stay there and watch. No, that, that's not the season. God doesn't want to produce that type of product it's in you, it's the faith it's the hope, it's the love it's inside the Bible says that they wandered and next week we're going to be talking about we talked about already the changing what you eat, today we talked about changing your perspective next week we'll be talking about the change of lifestyle once you see it, now you change it but here today you gotta see it See, I, I know it, it doesn't look very bright with your natural eyes. But in the spirit, mm, mm, 
telling you. I'm telling you. Last year, when they when they were doing this the run for hope, and they were asking, hey, run for hope, what do you guys think you can do? You can do this, you can do that. Yeah, we'll do this. We'll be apart, we'll go this. So oh, can you guys just raise this? I go, you know what? We can raise more than that. We can do it. Oh, the natural eyes looking at well, we're a kind of what you would call a recovering church, comeback church, if you will. The pastor and just moved on out, you know, Pastor Josie, she's like an evangelist, really. Call her Evangelist Josie. Really what she is. She's going everywhere. This morning she's at another church. Uh, a couple nights ago she was at another church. Tomorrow she's going to be speaking at another church. Like, she's traveling like crazy. She's now able to use her gift. It's her gift. That's what God has produced in her. She's doing great at it. But I know a lot of people are like, oh, man, what's going to happen with the church? Well, so last year when they asked about Run for Hope, and they, they kind of looked at me and they said, can you just do this? You know, I go, that's it? That's all you want to do? Well, yeah, you know, because you guys are a small church. And, okay. Whatever. Ten spy you. No, I know that our church can do it. We can do big things. I know we can. And, and let me tell you why. It's because this church, we already believe in world missions. Like, you don't have to tell us, do you think you guys can do this for world missions? Like, what? That's it? No. We've got evangelists. We've got pastors. We've got teachers that have been overseas. We've got people who have been on missionaries trips, not for a month, not for two months, not for five months, not for six months, but for a year, two years. Like, this church believes in reaching the world for Jesus Christ. I know that there is good soil in this church. I know that we can conquer the land that God has given us. I know that God can produce giants of the faith here in the heart of the bay. I know that God has given us faith in the city of Hayward. I know it. I know it. I know it. Giants of the faith. Giants of the faith. Giants of the faith. Hayward's going to produce giants of faith. Woo, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on, stand with me here. Stand with me this morning. Come on, lift your hands this morning. Come on, everybody stand. Everybody stand. Lift your hands to God here this morning. Faith. God wants to produce faith in you. I, I know some of you think, well, I just came here to church for the first time. Uh, God, uh, I don't know if God has that much for me. No, God's got a lot for you. Well, I just barely got married. I'm just barely working on my marriage. Listen, I understand that. And I know you're working on your marriage. But listen, God's trying to produce something in you. God's trying to produce something in you. Well, I just became a father. And, you know, it's going to take me time. No, you develop fatherhood even right now. Even right now. Being a mom right now. God's producing you to be a great mom, a great father, a great businessman, a great businesswoman. Some of you, God's raising you up to be a pastor, an evangelist, a teacher. Some of you guys are going to teach people all over the world. 
say, well, I'll do that later. No, 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 no. God's trying to produce it in you now. That's why he's waking you up in the midnight hour and the Bible is open. And God's saying, study that thing. Study that thing. Study that word. Because you're going to teach people. You're going to be one of the greatest teachers that the city of Hayward has ever produced. Ever produced. Giants of the faith in the heart of the bay. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would be with each and every one of these men and women, Lord God. Touch their hearts, touch their minds, touch their bodies, touch their souls, Lord God. We're stepping into a new season, into this new season, oh God. Lord, I know that the, the giants right there, they look so big. But Lord, you are wanting to produce giants of the faith in this new season, oh God. Lord, be with us here this morning. We give you the glory, the honor, the praise. Come on, let's sing that song. As we sing